Good morning. Welcome to Christian Church of Edson Park. We're disciples of Jesus to build generational transformational disciples of Jesus. It's good to see the top half of your faces here today. And for all of you joining us online, thank you as we're uh, joining us as we're continuing our series. Uh, actually, near the end of it, of Wisdom in the Secret Heart. been going through Proverbs uh, this uh, year and so this summer. And hopefully that it's been helpful. And uh, today, uh, we're going to really kind of wrap up the very practical portions that Proverbs talks about uh, when we're talking about work. And so uh, I know for some that's kind of a four-letter word. For others, it's uh, maybe an addiction. But in Scripture, it actually talks about how it can be a blessing and how we can use that. So we'll be talking about today. Of course, before we do that, we want to remind ourselves of our memory verse. And by now, I really hope that it's something that's beginning to stick into your heart and to your mind. But just in case it's not, here we go. Just say it along with me. Three, two, one. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 1, 7. Isn't that true? Isn't it amazing? Like right there that, that we have that God's reality is what we get to live within. And when we understand that, when we fear the Lord, we respect him as God is the creator that we live in, how that's the very beginning how we can start there. And isn't it great the world isn't how we would invent it to be? It's, it's like God did a better job and how he revealed it, how we can live in this life, the beginning. And we shouldn't be foolish, despising wisdom and, and instruction. And here we have an opportunity today to really begin to put that into our lives again and how it deals with work. But one more time before we get to the message, let's, let's test ourselves. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 1, 7. Very good. All right, let's talk about wisdom and work. All right, uh, work is a huge part of all of our lives, and uh, it's, it's something that we spend uh, a great percentage of our waking hours doing in this world and uh, in fact it's not employment employment is is part of work but there's a lot of work that happens even outside of employment right uh, so whether or not you're you're young and you're going into uh, to school there's school work there's opportunity there there's work at home there's uh, obviously employment work and there's also all kinds of other work that we get to do work is a massive part of our lives and work is actually a great blessing can you imagine how bored you would be if there was nothing to do in fact work is something that that god created in the garden of eden for us to enjoy and yet it was also something that was cursed because of our sin and so we have this frustration this weird push-pull thing with work we want it we work for it, we love it but at the same time it can also be uh, destructive and so as we go through uh, Proverbs Proverbs discusses work quite a bit right it talks about work being at the source of how wealth is generated it's the very core for that it's how it gives life purpose and meaning it tells us some ways how we can work and make work a blessing in fact in doing it it talks about there's two different attitudes towards work, and there's one that we want to grab and one that we want to, to resist. And so the, we'll talk about the, the attitudes towards work that we need to resist, which is the attitude of the sluggard, which is one of my very favorite words in all of the Bible. Uh, and so if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn them to Proverbs 26, and we're going we're gonna to learn about the sluggard, which is exactly what he sounds like, Right? And so the focus here are some dangers we want to re resist. And uh, starting verse 13 uh, through 16, um, I'm going to read this here. Verse 13 says this, A sluggard says, There is a lion in the road, a fierce lion roaming in the streets. 
And uh, I love how that is. Uh, the, a sluggard is the first thing he wants to have is he, he lacks effort, right? It's uh, any excuse that he can possibly come up with to not work. Like, I would go to the store, but there's a lion out there. Right? Have you ever come across somebody who's got so many excuses, excuse after excuse after why they can't get something done? Like some of them are just ridiculous. That's a sluggard. Right? But sometimes we do that to ourselves. I know I want to get to something, but I have a ton of excuses why I don't ever get to the project I want to get to. And we'll come up with crazy things. It sounds good in our mind. I mean, you would want me to get mauled by a lion, would you? Right? Lazy people always have excuses, but they don't have results. They always have a reason not to work. They're not committed. And it's where we begin. But the attitude of a sluggard goes on from there. Next verse, verse 14, which actually I'll read right here. It says, the door, as a door turns on its hinges, so a sluggard turns on his bed. Right? Which is so true. You see, uh, sluggards here, they, uh, they lack time and task management right? They, they put a lot of effort out there to do nothing, right? So they, they waste their time doing silly things. They're not productive. They, they do turn on their bed, but they don't ever uh, take care of business. In fact, we find this is really true in, in even our, our modern life, may not turning on, on the bed, but we find oftentimes our, like people at work will spend a lot of time going online instead of doing what... The, there's even a website out there. It's like, I should be working.com, right? Right? We'll, we'll check Facebook. We'll do all these other things instead of being productive, instead of doing what we're supposed to do. It's part of a sluggard mentality. I'm here. I'm on the clock. I'm at work, but I'm not really working. And this is one of those attitudes that uh, leads to what the sluggard <laughs> ends up having. But lacking time and task management, being able to say, you know what, time is a finite resource, right? Every day, all of us start with the same number of hours, 24, and, and we get to do something with that 24 hours. And sluggards waste those 24 hours or waste a good portion of it. But also, we have a, a limited amount of, of energy as well. Right? The, every one of us only has so much that we can do. So a, a, a sluggard wastes their energy doing things that are fruitless and pointless. And so they're unproductive. Next verse, verse 15, says this, A sluggard buries his hand in the dish. He is too lazy to bring it back to his mouth. Isn't that true? <laughs> right? It just, I love the picture, just kind of like, I have a bowl of M&M's, and in my mind it's M&M's. I don't know. But he has his hand in the M&M's. It's just like, oh, I want the M&M's, but then I'd have to lift my hand. We find from this, it's ridiculous. You know, it's kind of over the top, but I think Solomon gives us this so we can see how crazy this is. The sluggards lack initiative. I mean, they can even have their hand in the bowl of M&M's. But even then you can't motivate them to pick one up and put it in their mouth. They lack follow-through. You get all the way there, all you got to do is finish, and they don't finish. Oftentimes, a sign of a sluggard is you'll see lots of unfinished progress, right? There are projects all over that aren't quite done. You're like, just finish. You'll be so happy. Cross the finish line, right? They lack follow-through, this, this ability to finish something. It, it, even the easiest task sometimes for a sluggard just is like, oh, just the burden of it, just the thought of I have to do something just stops them from moving ahead and doing it. If, if you've ever tried to give a task to a slugger, it's like pushing a rope. 
right? I'm like, do it! And they won't. The simplest things with the greatest reward. You can't motivate someone who's refusing to be motivated. And so we find that there's an attitude, a lack of initiative, that God says that he doesn't want us to be that way. And when we lack initiative, well, then we find ourselves to be unreliable. We don't get the benefit. I mean, think about it. When you have your hand in a dish of M&Ms, the best part is putting the M&Ms in your face, right? That's, that's what you want. That's reward. God wants you to receive a reward for good work, not to stop early. So, initiative needed. Next verse talks about the next thing. It says, a sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven people who answer discreetly. Even though they can't finish things, they lack initiative, got excuses for all kinds of stuff because there's lions in the road, right? They think they know how to tell you how to do your job better or to live your life better. And we find this, that, that sluggards lack humility. It's oftentimes they don't have any self-concept. You'll, you just want to buy them a mirror sometimes, right? They're like, take a good look at the man in the mirror. Like, if you can't figure out your own life, why are you trying to tell me how to live mine? But they lack humility. They're, very, they're an expert at other things. See, sluggards truly do have a self-esteem issue. They have too much of it, right? Learning takes effort. None of us came out of the womb knowing how to do much of anything, right? We had to learn all kinds of stuff. Like you had to be potty trained. You had to learn how to walk. You had to learn how to talk. You had to learn how to ride a bike. You had to learn how to do all kinds of stuff. You had someday you had to learn how to do your taxes. I've never known an infant that knew how to do that, like, right? You have to learn, which requires humility. It requires an understanding that I don't know everything and I have to pick it up. Somebody's got to tell me how to do this. It's okay. You're God's children and he wants us to learn how to live a good life, but we have to be able to learn to say, I need to learn. But sluggers don't have that. They lack this humility. They answer quickly with boastful pride because they don't fear the Lord. They don't have the beginning of knowledge. They despise wisdom and instruction. They would rather to instruct others than to receive it. Sluggers often stagnate. They don't self-improve. You'll find them kind of where they've always been. In their professional abilities, just kind of stay the same. They just kind of coast. In their relationship skills, they just kind of coast, right? They, they don't improve. You don't find any motion or forward, uh, you know, progress in their life. And because of that, they're kind of annoying, right? Have you ever known somebody who never matured, who never got better? I mean, you knew them, and then they kind of stopped, that's not the most interesting person in the room. You've already known them. And so they don't improve. They just stay the same. They lack humility and they don't care. And so we read this about sluggards in a different passage in, in chapter 6. It says, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. There's a reason that God doesn't want us to be sluggards. Right? It, God is a God of, of, of great things. He created an entire day for rest. He, God likes time off. Right? He enjoys that. Like there's, there's some enjoyment of life. But we see that the sluggard has all of these things, and ultimately the fruit of a sluggard's life is lack. Sluggards suffer lack. In fact, there's a good uh, phrase. One of my ministry coaches says this all the time. He says, uh, he says slack creates lack. 
right? Always be working, always improving, always growing. Every day, just one percent better. If I can get improved by one percent each day, if I can love somebody just a little bit more, if I can become more charitable, if I can become just a little more faithful today, you know, in a year, I'm like 300 percent better, which so most days I get like a tenth of a cent, but even if I shoot for one, it's good. But sluggers don't have that. In fact, sluggers don't usually have much. See, lazy people are obviously, are oftentimes envious of the successful. They're like, I want to have all those good things, but I don't. And they're envious. It's because you didn't work for it. They're mad they don't have what others have earned. That's not a good thing. In fact, in Scripture, we're told that we are to resist that. It leads to sin and resentment. But God gives us opportunity. That's what he gives us. He gives us the earth and the the sun and the rain and all the things. God's going to do his part, but he says, work the fields. You have to work it. And you will reap what you sow. In fact, you will always reap more than what you sow. But you've got to be out there sowing, because if you don't sow, you don't reap. And if you sow weeds because it's easier, guess what you reap? So we find that sluggards, because they don't have initiative, they're not working, and all those types of things, they oftentimes don't have what they want. In their life, that things fall short, not just in their professional life, but also, do you know relationships take work? A lot of work. I just celebrated 23 years with the most beautiful, wonderful woman in the entire world, my wife. We're married. We work really hard at our marriage every single morning. Every single morning. We have 20 minutes. We, we talk. We connect, right? We, we make sure that we have time. It takes effort. Do you know what else takes effort? Not just relationships and not just your, your employment, but, but even your ministry. If I'm not constantly thinking about how I'm going to help somebody or I'm going to serve somebody or forgiving people or praying for you, that takes effort. And we want to live lives of effort. And if I don't do that, if I'm not ministering, if you're not ministering, then how is the kingdom of God going to grow? Sluggards suffer lack. If there's lack in an area of your life, maybe there's sluggard attitude in there. And that doesn't mean that God's condemning you. It says that, that fools despise wisdom and instruction. If you see yourself in this, then take instruction and say there's a better way. What better way? Well, turn to Proverbs 6. If we're going we're gonna to see Proverbs 6 actually talks about the other side. How not to be a sluggard, there's the other side. It's the side of the wise person. And in Proverbs 6, we're going to start in verse 6. It says, go to the ant you sluggard. So if you're a sluggard, here's what you do. Let's go to the ant and consider its ways and you can be wise. The first thing that God teaches the sluggard is humility. Right? Wise workers offer humility. That's what they have. I mean, a sluggard tries to tell you how to do everything. A wise worker can learn even from an ant. They're going to learn from anybody. They're not above anybody, right? They can learn. See, wisdom is never too proud to learn. It's, it's able to say, is there a better way I want to learn it? I don't care from who I want to learn it. I want to see if there's a better way to live, and I will do it. See, God hardwired work ethic into his creation. Even ants get this, right? Ants can be good workers. Birds are good workers. You ever seen birds? They wake up super early in the morning so they can catch worms, right, and build nests and do all that kind of stuff. It's hardwired in creation, and you are part of God's creation. You're hardwired that we're supposed to work. 
And so wise workers are always thinking about how I can work better, how I can grow. That's what separates us, one of the things, from animals. You know that birds have been building the same kind of nests forever since the Garden of Eden? There's never been an improvement on nests. There's no, like, architect bird out there that's just revolutionized the whole nest thing. Right? But look at our houses. They get cooler all the time. We have an opportunity to improve and to get better. And so you've heard this maybe in, in some of the things, the, this uh, uh, principle of Kanai, constant, never-ending improvement. That's a biblical principle. God wants us to continue to grow. In Christian terms, we call that sanctification. Right, that God's at work in you, and he's going to complete the good work that he started in you. Right, and we're sort of work out our, our salvation with fear and trembling. Right? We have God at work within us, improving us, and we need to work with him in that great, <laughs> that great improvement inside. That God wants us to continue to improve every day. He didn't leave you stagnant. You are his children. He's growing you up. Jesus said that, to follow him until we learn how to obey every one of his commands. I'm not there yet. And neither are you, but we're getting closer. And that takes effort. And God's at work in us, changing us. But we need to be at work with him. And so what can we learn from the humble ant? Well, next verse. It says, has no commander, no overseer or ruler. We find that, that uh, like an ant, wise workers, they take initiative. You don't need a boss ant telling them, now you dig this tunnel, right? You go out and get this stuff. Ants just do it, right? And when I was a little kid, there used to be ant piles. You never seen those little ant hills? And I was mean because I was a kid. And then sometimes you just go and you see one, and you just kick the ant pile, right? And what do the ants do? Like immediately, they start rebuilding it. You never, there's not like even one ant that's out there that's like, oh, man, Right? That doesn't exist. They're just like, boo, okay, well, here we go. Let's build it again. Right? They don't wait for the union to tell them what to do. The ant just does it. They don't offer excuses. They get to work. Initiative takes action. And that's effort. And that's why wise workers become effective. Now, as younger, I hated, I still hate cleaning my room. I hate, uh, doing dishes and all those things. I used to be like overwhelmed, right? You'd be like, where do I start? And then a wise person who is my father said, just do something that improves it. One thing, it doesn't matter. It gets you closer. That's how you begin, right? You clean your room one sock at a time, right? That's how you do it. It takes initiative. You have to begin. The next verse, six, the first part of it says this, the ants, yet it stores its provision in summer. Next thing we find about ants, an attitude that ants have, is they are masters at time and task management. And so are wise workers. Time and energy are limited resources. They're very valuable. And so we find that the ant, in the few little bits of time that it has, it makes sure that it's providing, it's thinking about what's going to happen the next season. If I want to survive the winter, and this is a little tiny ant brain, by the way. If I want to survive the winter... I need to start making sure that I have food here in the spring, in the summer. I'm going to start harvesting it. Now, if an ant brain can figure that out, how much more should we? To say there is a limited amount of time that God has given us to achieve the, uh, the things that he wants us to achieve, right? There are seasons, right? It's not going to be summer forever. Winter's on its way. 
So what are you doing? Are you preparing? Are you working today thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow? That's, that's called wisdom, right? That's, that's a way that we're to live. So time and energy are limited resources, and Ant gets this. We should too. We think about the parable that Jesus gave of the wise manager, right, in, in Scripture. You know how he, he goes and he gives different amounts to different of his servants, and he leaves, and then those servants can invest or do whatever, and then he's going to come back. God has gifted you with, with things. Sometimes it is our employment. Sometimes it's different tasks before us or relationships. There are different seasons. He's given you things to work at. And he wants to see what you're going to do with them. And so we have to make sure that we're being better and better, making sure we're taking advantage of the opportunities that God has given us. And so w- as we do this, we see that wise workers are dependable, right? Wise workers get things done. They do what they say they're going to do with the energy and the time that they have. You can trust them. You can depend upon them, which is why wise workers oftentimes get promoted. Next verse, 6b, and it says, and gathers its food at harvest. This is my favorite part of being a wise worker. You you have task management. you, You have initiative. You have humility. You're always growing. You're always learning. And then guess what? You get the harvest. See, wise workers... Enjoy prosperity. Wise workers don't suffer lack. They have the prosperity. There's, there's joy to it, right? That harvest time is a great time. When I went to school in the Midwest, you know, we would help the, the farmers bring in harvest. It's, that was a way of making some extra money, and that was a great time because these farmers, they put a lot out there, right? They, there's a lot of risk putting seeds in the ground and hoping that they're not going to be destroyed until there's harvest time. But when there's harvest and the food's in the, you know, all the grain's in the barn and all that kind of stuff, they're like, yes, payday. It's good. It's a celebration. And we have that. In our lives, when we work, eventually there's going to be a payoff. You will reap what you sow, and you will always reap more than what you sow. And so if you're working hard, there will be a day of, of harvest. But you you can't get what you haven't given, right? So if we're not working in springtime, we're not going to harvest in fall. And so we need to be hard, good workers, but then expect the harvest. Expect it. Sometimes we work for a long time, and if you've ever seen a farmer out there in the field for hours and hours and days and days and weeks and weeks and doing all the hard work before they ever get the harvest, that's a lot of faith. That's a lot of work. We could learn a lot from that. Oftentimes in our life, the things that we want, we have to earn and work for for a long time, but eventually it does pay off, and that's a good motivation. And because wise workers enjoy prosperity, God doesn't just bless them because he just wants to be blessed, although that's a good thing. He does it so that we can bless others. How many times in Scripture do we see that God uses those who have things to be able to take care of those who don't? He lets us be a blessing to others because we're able to serve them and care for them and meet needs. That's one of the great joys of being part of his body, the church. But we can only do that if we have been wise and doing things and faithful and so we can be prosperous, so we can then share God's gift to others, which is part of what's about. So today we talked about wisdom and work. I, I love this one because uh, work is a great thing. It is a real gift. But in our society, I think oftentimes this is not taught and it's unfortunate and then oftentimes people get frustrated because they have lack. But God has a better way for us. It's one of the very practical places in Scripture. So we see sluggards are fools. It doesn't mean they're bad people. Fools are not bad people. Fools are people who do foolish things. And there's a better way to live. And so 
if you want us to have prosperity and a better life, well, under this wise workers, they offer humility, take initiative, and master time and task management. That's where you can begin. Look at your attitudes and see where those are, and that gives you an opportunity to grow. And know this, too, that wise workers would be a blessing to their employers, to those around them, right? And that what uh, work ethic is an issue of testimony. As we as Christians, as we work well, I mean, Protestant work ethic is called that for a reason, as we work well, we get to have our testimony to the rest of our culture and society because we will have something to offer. We won't be taken. We'll be blessing. And that's really where we want to be. So as we bring this particular message close, next week we're actually going to look at all of these of wise life, kind of everything put together. What does a wise life look like? And so I hope you join us for that as we really kind of conclude this, this uh, series. But today there's going to be some next steps that Zach's going to offer, he's going to encourage you to take, um, and uh, really how to apply this particular passage into your life. Before we do that, however, why don't you just join me in a quick prayer as we prepare our hearts to think about the next steps that God wants us to take. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your goodness, your kindness, your love, your mercy. Father, that you have given us every good thing, and then you have blessed us with the ability to be a partner with you in this, uh, in this world, in this ministry. Thank you for work. Lord, help it to be a blessing, and help us be a blessing to others as we use our work well. Father, I pray that for this congregation, even for those that are joining us online, that you would use your Holy Spirit as, as a, an examiner of our very spirits. If there is a symptoms of the sluggard in our soul, that you would reveal that so we could turn from it, that we could consider the ant and learn from it and become wise. And Lord, that uh, we would then be able to have great testimony as we work well for you. Father, this morning as we take some next steps, direct us in our hearts so we know how we're supposed to apply this passage so it would become a, a change in our lives so we can become better, but also, Lord, that we can bless this community in your name. Lord, we lift all this to you and we pray this in the wonderful name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, if you would, uh, look at the back of that connection card that you have out. Um, we're going to commit to a few things this week and check a few things off. Uh, the first thing that you can commit to is to memorize that first, or uh, first Proverbs. Proverbs 1-7 uh, that we've been going through uh, all summer, uh, if you haven't yet, um, to, to memorize that, put that on your heart. And if you have, just keep that with you this week. Keep that card with you that's on your bulletin, um, on your connection card, and uh, so you can see it and view it throughout the week. Um, the second thing you can do is read Proverbs 6 and 26. Um, pertains uh, really well to the message that Aaron brought to us this morning. Um, some good chapters uh, this week that you can read. And then thirdly, uh, learn from the ant. Let's be good workers, not sluggards, right? Um, learn from the ant. And then fourthly, uh, budget my time. Uh, budget t your time well so that we can do God's work and do your work um, to the best of our abilities. All right. Well, as we wrap this up this morning, um, feel free to, to put your offerings in the, the offerings plates as you leave, as well as those connection cards uh, in your commitments. Um, and just uh, make those another offering um, to God, uh, another form of your worship to God this morning. And... Um, as we continue on, we're, gonna, we're going to uh, sing one last song. So let's stand and praise our Lord together.